Hi, Ralph. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Okay. And how are you doing today? I'm doing well today. Did you survive the 4th of July celebration and that long weekend? I did. Uh, the long weekend was quite pleasant, uh, very warm here in the middle part of Michigan, but uh, it was fairly disturbing last night when we had uh, fireworks going on, uh, not from the city, not from any organization, but just people with, I've got fireworks in my pocket until <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay, well... Uh... Hopefully, it was fireworks and not uh, gunfire. It was indeed, yeah. yes. This is probably, I've heard just rumors that this is a nasty weekend for things like shootings. It seemed to be. Uh, yeah. Now, why that is, I don't know, but that's, that's a topic for another podcast. Okay, yeah. Well, it seems to, to me that it's kind of dumb to go out you know, shooting people, shooting things. You know, it's not intelligent, Ralph. Yes, and if there's anything we want, it's an intelligent world. Yes, even if we have to create this, right? We do indeed. Uh, and tell me, Jim, how are we going to create an intelligent world? Well, I know a couple of weeks ago we talked about uh, AI, artificial intelligence. We did. And one of the people that we, people, okay, one of the entities that we talked about was Hal the computer from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah, and uh, some of our uh, listeners who are younger uh, may not have ever seen that. It's uh, worth getting a hold of a, of a DVD and watching it because it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting and perhaps prescient movie. Thought-producing, thought, yes, thought-evoking. Uh, um, it's probably on YouTube, right? I, I'm sure we it don't is. know, but yeah, uh, everything's on YouTube, more or less. If uh, if I want want to do something like install a uh, garbage disposal or reinstall a dishwasher, you know, where do I go? YouTube. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now it, it, that's a good tool. It's a good help for a guy like me who doesn't know everything about everything. You don't. Well, sort of. I'm, I'm trying to keep that from my grand from my grandkids, but you know, no. So, having that, I just use the term tool. Okay, now AI, artificial intelligence. Now, when I first, it's like all over the web now. The first time I saw it, I thought it was AL. I thought we were talking about somebody named Al, <laughs> but no, it's artificial intelligence. Okay. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did a podcast where we looked at that, and we looked at some of the potential downsides and we really hadn't any data on the downside we just talked about what could occur but there was a really interesting podcast done by a New York Times reporter and it's down here under learn more uh, also under there is a, um, a uh, interview with uh, Dr. Griffin Griffith sorry who's from the Princeton AI um, uh, lab. Uh, and so there was a, but the one that's really interesting, well, they're both really interesting. The one that's most interesting to me was the first one, that is from, from New York, the New York Times writer. And you might ask me, Ralph, why was it interesting? 
why was it interesting, Jim? I, I can tell you, uh, having listened to it, why I found it interesting, but go ahead, tell me, uh, tell me why you found it interesting. Well, it was uh, kind of the, I don't know, validation or of all of the paranoia that we uh, put out there in the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, and one of the interesting things to just set the scenario for our listeners is they took a number of uh, students who were currently in anywhere from high school to uh, small universities to major universities, uh, and they took a number of graduate students and they interviewed them, and specifically what they were interviewing them about is their use of chat GPT. Chat GPT. I think we alluded to that in our last uh, uh, podcast. So what is this chat GPT? It is a, an AI program uh, and it's designed, was originally designed as a research tool and a writing tool. Okay, so, it's a computer thing. You know, it's a so computer thing. Uh, it can analyze lots and lots of data quickly. Okay. Right. And so I could say to it, let's, let's assume for a minute that I have a, a uh, paper that I have to work on that's about the uh, trade routes in the Mediterranean in um, 1470. Oh, just something you know so much about, right? Right. Yeah. And now... If we assume for the moment that for most university students uh, this would be uh, solving an elective, they, they need an elective and they have to have one credit in civics or history or blah blah. Trade routes 101. Yeah, so okay. they take trade routes 101 and they have somewhere between perhaps zero and minus interest in this, but it gets them their elective. Okay, and it gets them their, their college credit, right? Right. Okay. So they say, well, yeah, and let me see now. Yeah, I get where you're going. This was uh, a minor thing for some kid who wants to uh, just get check off a box saying, I've got my... Yeah, he uh, wants to be a business major, but he's he's got to have this stupid history elective. Okay, so... So what he does, can justify the fact that somebody else writes his paper for him. Well, what he what he basically is likely to say is not I want somebody to write my paper for me. He's likely to say to himself or herself, I want somebody to do the research in X question that the prof has given us uh, out of a list of twenty. This one seems the least repellent to me, so I, I want I want to know what what is known about that. Okay, yeah. So he or she says, uh, Chat GPT, answer me this question. So Chat GPT goes off dutifully and researches and comes back with a ton and a half of facts. Mm -hmm. But. The thing is, you can't give a ton and a half of facts to a student in any way that's intelligible to them unless you put them in words. 
Okay. Yeah, zeros and ones don't work, right? Right. Okay. So they come out in words, and we learn all about the Venetian League, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but I'm the student, and I'm saying, right? You know, I've got to do this. I've got all these facts. I'm not going to just cut and paste. Uh, I'm going to take the facts. I'm going to use my little fingers and type into my computer, and I'm going to come up with an essay of my, my own, right? Right, except... Uh, except... <laughs> and this is where things come down to the crunch. I've got uh, four papers in major business subjects. I've got an accounting exam, which I have to study for, and, and, and. And, and so what uh, I end up doing is looking at my history paper. Trade Routes 101 doesn't sound very important anymore, right? Right. Okay. So what I say is, look, I've got these 25 pages uh, from chat GPT. My paper has to be 10 pages long. I'm going to go through and make a synopsis of what I've already got. If I'm ambitious. Okay, yeah, but if time I'm, is getting time is getting short, Ralph. You got to hand that paper in in about two hours. So, so what do you do? Do you say, Chat, GTP, make this into a ten-page paper? You do. Aha! I see the problem here. And so I turn it in, and the prof gives me back a note on it that says, uh, "Well researched and written." Uh, you have a future in uh, history. <laughs> Especially if you just focus on the trade routes of the uh, 15th century. Okay. Well, does this person have a history, uh, a future in history? Well, uh, as long as they can continue to use chat GPT, they perhaps do. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. Now, so if you said, well, that was one example of a bad student. Right. You could say, well, this is a non-recurring problem. One-tenth of the students will do something like this. The problem is that in the podcast that the New York Raider did, she found out that uh, every one of the students... That she interviewed. That she interviewed set off with all good intentions saying, I am not going to use an AI to write my papers. I will use the AI to help me do research or to help me structure an outline, but I'm going to write the damn thing. Right. And every one of them, sooner or later, maybe only in one instance, succumbed. Uh-huh. Pressures of time, pressures of disinterest, pressures of whatevers. Mm-hmm. And so you say, well, look, this is an ethical failure on the part of the student who said, with all good intentions, I'm paying heavily for this university program. Uh, I am not going to cheat myself by cheating. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting that uh, the students learned about AI and chat through the syllabus, that all of them said that the, the syllabi that the profs are handing out said something to the effect of, and if you use chat um, or other AI source, you will fail the course or you know fail the paper. And a couple of the kids said, what the heck is AI and what the heck is chat? And so 
it was the prof that alerted them to this thing. And I just went into the computer and put in chat. And, and I don't even think I put in GTP. Uh, and up it came. Yeah. And I can get, I can get it for free. And there's a way of, of uh, looking at what the thing does. So the, uh, um, the, the students are really interesting in terms of what they said and how they justified the use of it. But the person that I sort of focused on, Ralph, was the young lady, I'm not sure where she was from, but seems to be a major university, that said that uh, chat GTP was going to be a useful tool because everybody needs to get information out quickly so that the rest of the universe can use it. Yeah, and used as that sort of a tool, as a research tool. Because computers are really, really good at looking at not just my lifespan or, uh, although I'm older than dirt, or Jim's lifespan, uh, but maybe a thousand lifespans. Yeah, well, we talked about that last time, how computers are good at uh, uh, diagnosing various kinds of cancer because they would have a database where they would see thousands of different kinds of lymphoma, lymphoma cancers. Right. <laughs> and and whereas our doc might only have seen a, you know, a, a dozen. Yeah. Even an oncologist might have seen, let's say, 20,000, a uh, big number, mm -hmm. but nothing compared to the AI that says I've seen six million of these things. Okay. So, so that's the promise of AI. Okay. Right. And used in the correct context, <clears throat> it's a very rewarding promise. Mm -hmm. But the temptation is to use it unethically or badly or however you want to yeah. phrase it. Now, um, you were, uh, when you were a college student, Ralph, you were in a fraternity, right? I was. Now, uh, that was a long time ago, but did the fraternity have a filing system where they had old exams from various courses? Old exams, old papers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, anybody who uh, who got an A in a given subject uh, for, from a given prof was expected to put a copy in the fraternity files. Okay. Now, yeah. this was, let me be careful here, this was not for plagiarism purposes. This was primitive AI. This was the piece of paper that you could read uh -huh. that might put you in a given direction for informing your research. Of course. And so, um, obviously, all of the students in your fraternity did it that way. Do you think anybody might have taken that paper and typed up their own copy of it? I am hateful to say the, about my own fraternity brothers that I suspect some of them did. Mm -hmm. The first time I uh, got a, a person who uh, uh, plagiarized, uh, I phoned that individual up and uh, told them what I found, my, my suspicions. And he said, I typed every word myself. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, you you may have, but... Uh, but is that the answer? Right. Yes. Uh, and 
the interesting thing about the the podcast that we're talking about, if you have the interest to listen to it, is that one of the people that is interviewed by the podcaster is a university professor. True enough. And, and what was his take on this whole thing? Well, his take was that um, he saw it as a, a real conundrum. Now, there was a tool that he could use, which was a GPT checker that he could run papers through, mm -hmm. yep. and he could say, um, okay, the checker says this was AI written. Uh-huh, or 10% or 20% or 90%, yeah. And so one of the things that is true is even more than 50 years ago, uh, profs are having to play defense um, when it comes to student submissions. Yeah, and this guy didn't like it. Didn't like doing that, but you know, he felt he had to. You know. hmm. And the other thing that uh, I know now is that a number of profs are doing, particularly in courses uh, that are writing intensive, like say the uh, introduction and second year university writing where they teach you how to write basic university level um, communications and research papers and people are saying to their students everything you turn into me has to be written in class okay wow now one of the things that that means is you have a 15 week semester three hours a week it's not going to get any longer. Yeah. So if you say, I'm going to take five hours out of that 15-week semester, and students are going to write their research paper in class in front of me. That's a lot of teaching time that's missing. That's missing. Yeah. So you can do that, but how successful are you at getting, quote, the content, the stuff that you really would like to be able to say to them about, okay, here's how you uh, do um, citations of reference. Well, you know, one of the things that students argue is, hey, I don't have to do citations. Why do I need yeah. to know this? Yeah. Because I can get the computer to do it for me. Yeah. I used, to, when I was an undergraduate, I started off at Michigan Tech. And uh, we, the entire class, would argue with either the, with mainly the chemistry uh, prof. Like, why do we have to know the valence of these various elements? All we have to do is look it up. It's right there in the, the, in the chart. Why do we have to know this stuff? And it was, well, suppose someday you don't have the chart to look at. Okay, right. Now, I mean, you carry the chart around with you. It's called your smartphone, right? Right. Or... If you want to solve some sort of uh, an unknown, uh, all you have to do is put in the, you know, uh, oxygen plus hydrogen and push a button and yeah, the phone tells you it's water. Yeah. And uh, one of the things, Jim, that uh, in terms of, uh, of chat that we can have an introduction to is the idea that... Uh, 
you know, you, uh, you start texting on your phone, and unless you have much more educated fingers than I do and can go a lot faster, your phone is putting up a selection of words after the last word that you keyed in. And you can look at that and just say, okay, that's this, a good word. That's okay. the word. And the phone is probably predictive, uh, what, 60% yeah. accurate, maybe? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and you say, okay, well, I, that is the very primitive beginnings of what is chat. GPT. Mm, wow. So now the question is, the other article that you're going to look at is one that features the university prof that we, uh, we mentioned from Princeton. And he is trying to explain to a psychologist uh, how G how AI works. How AI works. Not specifically how um, chat works, but how AI works. And you, and have, a, you have a story for our next uh, uh, podcast, Ralph, about how AI kind of caught you, right? Right. Okay. Well, until next time. And so, you know, we have some exciting stuff ahead for you. Until next time, this is Jim. And Ralph. Saying, keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this. Together. Together.